it's going. All right then, so we're into the podcast then. Welcome, welcome back. So, <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, the third time now. It is indeed. Yeah, um, episode six eighty three, and now two hundred and something. Two hundred and something. It's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy. I remember the first one that uh, that we were on. It was actually not even called Creative Waffle at the time. It was Logo Marked, and you marketed it as a six minute podcast. And my episode, I believe, was just shy of forty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was it. <laughs> we just kept going and going and going. It was so. Good. It was really good though. It's been. It's been really interesting, like because you were one of the first people um, to, that I found to, to be on the podcast, and obviously you great, great, graciously said yes, and uh, I was really appreciative of that. And it's been it's been really interesting following your work since then. And over uh, the last couple of years, we've known each other a little bit, uh, met each other a couple of times as well, and yeah, room together yeah, once. There you go, Creative South as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's such a cool place. Such a such a cool place, Creative <laughs> South. I always remember that. But um, I know. Yeah, are you going back in 2021? There you go. Um, if everything goes according to plan, yeah. yes, I haven't missed. I haven't missed since 2013, which is the first one that I ever went to. Um, that was they had 200 people there, and that was the first time they'd had multiple days. Um, that was the first time I met Mike, and uh, <clears throat> it's been going on there. Crazy thing, I was actually going to miss this year. Um, I was going to be up. I was going to be up doing a big event in Pennsylvania um, that they a college up there asked me to come and be the headliner at, and I was going to miss it this year. So uh, I don't know if they'll reschedule it again for next year at the same time. We'll see, but uh, everything's pointing towards uh, I'll still get to keep my streak alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but so I'm moving into London. I just like central London, and um, so nice. moving out of my parents' house and all that. Um, so yeah, big moves happening over here, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I probably won't be able to make it. Is what I'm trying to say. It's just um, money issue, <laughs> money side of it, and uh, living in London is not cheap. So, uh, so yeah, you're lucky because it's right on your doorstep, isn't it? You're in Atlanta, and it's, it's straight there. It's great. Yeah, it's about a hour and a half, maybe a little over an hour and a half drive. It's not that. Yeah. It's always funny when uh, I hear Americans talk about like driving times and like, they're willing to drive four hours to go to a place where we can drive the whole country in four hours. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, you got cool. You got cars suited for it though. Like, we we our cars are smaller and unless you get Land Rover or something, but no, it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, welcome back. So episode two hundred probably it's probably two hundred one something like that. Um, we'll put it out, but. Yeah, incredible, incredible journey that we've both been on since, and um, yeah, thank you for coming back. So last time we spoke, you were going through this uh, fitness uh, phase and, and like really trying to get that down, uh, and, and it was amazing. It was really, really cool. You, you had a huge transformation. How's it going? How, mm -hmm. how are you doing now? And uh, how did it go? So backstory on this: I when I left my last job, my last full time job, uh, I'm right now. I'm six one. And he can verify this as he's actually seen me in person. I'm six one, and when I left my last full time job, I weighed just shy of two hundred and thirty pounds. So I was a big kid. Now everybody would say, you know, oh, you carry it so well, but it's like I'm still carrying it. You know what I mean? So yeah. later on that year, uh, see, so it was 2015 when I left. I dropped a teeny bit of the weight, but it just kept fluctuating back and forth. Um, so never anything good. I, I wasn't eating right. I uh, I wasn't able to exercise like I did. And even when I did, 
I would completely blow any exercise with what I ate afterwards. Or let's say I did really good for a week. My reward was eating a whole pizza over the weekend, you know? Yeah. So it, anything that anything good that happened over the week was just destroyed on the weekend. So <clears throat> it was just this long cycle of doing a little bit here, a little bit there, but nothing really happening. Christmas of 2017, uh, 2016, um, I got sent to the hospital. I was sent into the hospital. I had to be taken to the hospital in the ambulance. Uh, my gallbladder um, got, uh, what is it? I got gallstones like stuck in my, like my pancreas. Mm. And I was in the hospital for three days. I ended up having to have the gallbladder removed a few months later um, just because they thought it was, they thought there was something bigger. Like they thought we saw spots on, on the pancreas, which is basically if that was what they saw and it was what it normally is, that's basically a death sentence. Yeah, so yeah. we waited for like three weeks to find out. And then um, I remember calling them finally and just saying, hey, what, what's going on? I, I need to schedule my surgery to get my gallbladder out. He finally was like, oh, we found out about the spots like a week ago. It's nothing. And I was like, great. Okay, I'm die. let's get this thing out. Well, the next hour, I, so I set it up. I was going to try to set it up like the next week. And then the next day I had an attack to end all attacks um, in my stomach. I've never felt pain like that before. To give you all an idea of the pain level, there's a friend of mine. She's had five kids. She said, I would rather have all five kids back to back at the same time, no morphine, no painkillers, than have gallbladder, anything, anything go wrong with my gallbladder one more time. So that's the type of pain I was in. Yeah. So it was, it was really bad. So this was the worst part. I rode in the ambulance the first time. Second time, I, I, I just didn't want to do the ambulance. This was two in the morning. My wife, my little boy are home. I'm like, I don't want them to drive and do all this type of stuff. So at that level of pain, <laughs> I drove myself 20 minutes to the hospital. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I literally I stumbled, I literally like fell out of the car yeah. and tossed my keys to the security guard standing there who was like, what is going on? And I'm like, look, park it, find me. I promise you'll be able to find me. And then I just ran inside. And then like that next morning I had my gallbladder out. So that was a little crazy. That was, you know, that kind of um, woke me up Yeah, a little bit. And I remember the next six, seven months, you know, I was doing a little bit better here, a little bit better there. And then around Christmas, this would have been right before, this would have been um, right after we got back from our anniversary. So this actually would have been January of 2018. Um, I turned to, uh, I looked at the scale again and I was almost back up to where I was. And I said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live like this anymore. So I made some massive changes, huge changes. And uh, in over the course of, the next seven, eight months, I dropped uh, 50 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, during the during the coronavirus, I've gained probably about seven or eight of it back just because of everything that's been going on. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I dropped two. I dropped that. I dropped two pant sizes. I dropped a shirt size. Um, I mean, everything. It, it was incredible. I felt better. I looked better. You know. <laughs> Close. I mean, yeah, you know, and I, my, I could think clear. I wasn't tired when I got up in the morning. You know, 
I so many changes that I've made to the food that I eat and, and everything. It's uh, I've never gone back. You know, I can't eat pizza like I used. Like I can't eat regular pizza anymore. You know, I do like the cauliflower crust or something like that, and I make it myself. You know, I, I can't go to I can't go just eat a hamburger anymore. You know, I'll get it with no with no bun or with like a lettuce mm. bun or something. Uh, no French fries. No nothing fried. You know nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm from the south, yeah, yeah. man. You've yeah, been yeah. down. You've the, been down amazing, here. You know what the food, food is like here. <laughs> you know what the food is My like best. here. You probably yeah. took. You probably took back an extra ten pounds when you left. <laughs> uh, you know when you left the last time you were here, but it's um, you know. But to do that, and I have a lovely, wonderful, supporting wife yeah, who yeah. really was a huge, had a huge impact on me. You know, taking it that far and having me stick with it. So I owe so much of that to her, mm. you know, and we've been able to stick with it and, and, and go on. So that's fantastic. I'm in better. Sh- I'm going to end up like, even with what we've been able to do during, during the, the virus, man, I'm going to come out of here stronger and in better shape than I've been in a very, very, very long time. Definitely than what it was when I, um, uh, when all this started. Mm. That's great. That's really good. So, how how does the beer change during that period? How does if you lose that much weight, how how does the beer change? <laughs> oh, the beard. Yeah. Uh, beard's gonna stay the same, but it looks it looks a little thinner because my my face yeah. is less like this and 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 skinnier, right? So the beard will be a little sharper. Still, still very full. Now, there is one thing that has changed since you've seen me, and that is this. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> for so those for of y'all, yeah. <laughs> for the audio only listeners, I just took my hat off and showed him my completely bald head. How's it um, feel? Okay, so first of all, it feels amazing. Second of all, if you're ever deciding to do a complete head shave, do not do it in the middle of winter. I've had hair <laughs> on my head for 34 years. You know, for 34, over 34 years, I've had hair on my head, right? So I happen to do this right in the middle of winter. Every breeze, if somebody walked past me quick, it felt like somebody was pouring ice cubes on my head. It was the most incredible thing for about the first week. And I've gotten used to it now, but, you know, and I I don't even feel it anymore. But, you know, if you're going to do it, do it in the summer months, do it in the spring. Maybe don't do it right in the middle of winter. Um, But it's been great. Um, that, and that and it's great. crazy because it's crazy because a lot of people they've never seen me without my glasses, mm. obviously, without a beard, and death, and very rarely without a hat. Yeah. So never seen for you to hat. see me, yeah. <laughs> no hat and no hair on my head. For those of y'all who know me, um, know how rare that is. Um, for those so of y'all who don't off. know me, yeah, you gotta get a beard off. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is staying. This is staying. Um, I, uh, it's got a reputation at this point. It's part of, it's part of my brand. Um, and I'm very, I'm very happy with it. So I think I'm going to stick it. I think I'm going to stick with that. Nice. And if anybody asks, I'll just say all the hair on my head migrated to my, migrated to my face. So that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's good. I think there's something about, uh, guys with uh, bald heads and, and beards, like really strong beards. It works. It's, it's a good look. I went full radish, um, man. I did full radish. Oh, there you go. That's a zoom <laughs> playing up again. Uh, I think you cut out a bit. <laughs> it's all good though. All right. Am I good now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Um, 
but yeah, I, I did that. I did it at the start of lockdown. Uh, shaved, shaved my head, and uh, went. I went bald. And that's the first time I've ever been bald since I've been baby. And I get, I get what you mean when you when you you're running down, you go for a run, or, or when you um, yeah, like you say, even just having the window open, you can definitely feel it more. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's really really strange. I, I found like wearing hats and things they stick to my head. Uh, it, it sort of it sticks to your head more. So for the longest time, I wore snapback hats, yeah. like the little snaps to the back. Now, uh, it's like plastic against bare skin, you know, and it just doesn't feel yeah. right anymore. So now I've got these like these new era hats, like the fitted ones now, and I've got I've got so many of those hats <laughs> now, it's crazy. But um, so I, I do enjoy that a lot better now. Nice. How did you get too many horse games? I know that was the coronavirus. I'm so just looking at your hat and you've actually done work for the, the esports team and, and all sorts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How, how yeah, so they work. Go for it. <laughs> no, go, no, go ahead. What was it? How was what? How, how was, uh, yeah, how, how is Atlanta? I don't know. I was just going to say that. How is Atlanta? <laughs> how are the Hawks doing? Atlanta's good, man. So, I mean, I, it's so crazy because like uh, two weeks before all this went down, I was actually at a Hawks game with one of my good, with one of my really good friends. Yeah. And it was the best game we got. It was me and my wife, my little boy. Um, and then one of my best friends, we all went, we beat the best team and then we beat the best team in our division. And we were like next to last in our division. Our, our best player dropped 50 points. Uh, we got on the big screen, uh, it, it just so happens the section that we sat in, we were down there towards the front, but the section that we sat in, every person that was helping run that section or was in charge of that section, I'd either worked with or knew from Hawks headquarters. Nice. So they loaded us up, man. We got shirts, we got food, we got, I mean, we got everything. It was amazing. And just had a, it was like the perfect night. Um, and then all this stuff happened, but it's been, the Hawks have been amazing. Um, I, I've really, I'm bummed. I hope 2021 goes a lot better because literally a month before this happened, I met with their vice president of creative, who is actually, um, Shirley Zhang, who's an amazing, amazing lady. Um, she worked with me or I worked with her on the Hawks talent project, um, Mm -hmm. which is this which is this little guy so um i'm holding up the, i'm holding up the hat with the logo on it on the screen y'all can check it out maybe in the show notes or something but uh but yeah so i got a chance to work on this when we met it was like a two-hour meeting and i had a, like two full pages in my field notes of projects that we were going to work on this year and into 2021 and we haven't been able to touch anything mm. yet so I was pretty bummed about that, but you know, I know what they're going through and it's, it's been a little crazy, but uh, you know, we're still keeping in touch. We're still keeping in contact. And um, you know, I think 2021 is going to be a really big year. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Nice. Was it working with, uh, uh, is it Atlanta United? No, it's not SDC United. Who's the MLS team? I can't, I forget their name. Yeah. It's, it's Atlanta United. Oh, it is. Um, I got a chance to work with one of their big groups, which is uh, Resurgence, Resurgence ATL. Um, and they're the ones that are in charge of all the flags and everything. Yeah, like I saw you waving a massive flag. Game. That was wicked. Yep. So my A-Town design that I did just for fun, 
Uh, I put it on stickers and pins and some shirts and stuff. And then it became a neon sign. And then it became a big old, you know, 10 foot tall flag at an Atlanta United game. And it's still there, uh, which is amazing. So I, uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to be doing some more stuff with, uh, with that group later, uh, later this season, if everything goes according to plan and, uh, we'll see what happens. Nice. But it was it was pretty surreal seeing that, mm. um, seeing that at the games. Uh, did you get to go and watch the game? You see, you, you, yes, yes. How, how's your? It's a college? lot of. <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, I. It's 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 not bad, but it's not great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm looking at all your memorabilia <laughs> and like the shirts you're wearing and like yeah. your, you know your FIFA stuff and everything, and I'm just sitting there going. Look, I just know that whatever I know, you know more. Same um, about basketball but... with me. I, I know basically nothing about basketball. The only, only, <laughs> only just about got into it uh, sort of around Christmas time and just before the lockdown because I started betting on it. And because because basketball games are easier to bet on than football games because I don't have a vested interest and I can mm-hmm. I could just chuck them out, a bit some money on the favourite and hope they win. And normally that's the way it goes um, from yeah. my experience. So uh, yeah, so that was it worked really well until I. Started didn't loop, didn't win money, and then um, and I was trying to stay. I, I stayed up for a couple of games. It's great. I, I really do like watching basketball. Even though I've got no idea what's going on, <laughs> but yeah. it's good. No, it's it's good. I mean, I enjoyed the games. I remember I took Sean to his first game. My my little boy, he's eight years old. Uh, he was seven at the time when we went to the game, and oh my goodness, it was so fun, man. He had so much fun. We had to get bring him headphones and everything like that, but he had an absolute blast. Um, and uh, we stayed for the whole game, you know, nice. which was incredible for him. But I uh, just had a really good time. Of course, you know, Atlanta United, you know, trounced. You know, that was the year that we won the cup. Mm. So um, yeah, yeah. I was actually at an Atlanta Hawks game the same night that they were playing the MLS Cup championship, literally right next door. So, is it so it is? yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you like the a block away from each other, block block and a half away from each other. That's that's nice. how close they are. Uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium is where our um, Atlanta United and our Atlanta Falcons, our our American football team, plays. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got uh, you've got a uh, State Farm Arena where the Hawks play. So um, it's a uh, it was something else. I remember there being just massive cheers going up around. You know, it'd be right in the middle of the game when nobody has any reason to cheer, and then all of a sudden, just the whole place just erupts because they have the game. They had the game playing in all the, uh, you know, in all the pavilions and everything like that around the around the uh, around the arena, which was really really funny. But uh, but yeah, every time something cool happened, like the whole place just exploded, even if nothing was happening with the Hawks at that time, it was really really cool. You, yeah, that's what I love about America. You you do sports well. You really do. You, when he goes, yes, true. When when I went to was I in Atlanta? No, I was in Boston Airport. I think for a change, I was going up to see um, Jeremy Slagle up up uh, up in Columbus, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was doing a changeover um, in Boston Airport. I had a drink in one of the bars there, and just had people people just crowded around watching the baseball and other sports in one of these Mark Wahlberg bars. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's great. I've, yeah, it's such a, such a cool place to be. I need to. I think this is why I'm moving to London to try and get some of this, but obviously the British version. Um, but try and get <laughs> see more football matches in bars and and that sort of stuff, but in pubs. But, nice. uh, but yeah, all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to design and stuff. Um, the health the health stuff. I'm really pleased though because it's it's great and something that designers need to focus on. I think. I think. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference in your sharpness of like your mental clarity and um, and your design work as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, you know, I can work longer. I can, you know, stay, stay engaged a lot, a lot better. I hear so much about, you know, there's creative block and this, that, I mean, mm. half the time I tell folks, look, you're tired, you're thirsty, you're hungry. You yeah. know, it's not that you can't think of anything. It's just, you've pushed yourself so far, you know, you still have to get that rest, but um, it's uh you know, it's it's definitely had a huge uh, a huge impact on. It. By the way, uh, I am actually a graphic designer. Uh, I run my own <laughs> studio. Uh, I think we're like twenty something minutes into this podcast. Hi, yeah, I'm Scott yeah. Fuller. I run the I run the studio temporary. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a designer, uh, illustrator out of uh, Atlanta, uh, out of Atlanta, here in Georgia, in the U.S. And uh, I've been running it full time now for uh, for over five and a half years. Amazing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good that you did that because, um, yeah, obviously, I'd expect all the listeners to know who you are. But <laughs> just like, you, yeah, you've been on the podcast before, and I've already know you, and yeah, that's great. Um, thank you for doing that. But uh, yeah, it, so if you've got any advice for people listening to the health stuff, um, maybe, maybe they you know, especially coming out of lockdown as well. How how do you kickstart yourself? How do you get it out without having the having to go through the whole scare? Um, I think that the food is a huge part of it. We snack, we, you know, drink, we, you know, do all these different things. Uh, we, you know, we live a life where we sit on our tails most of the day and work and everything. So get up, get out, get moving for sure. Um, even during this, you've got parks and and different things like that, walking trails that you can go on, even just getting out and getting moving. Yeah. Um, as far as the food, you know, watching your starch and your carbs and different things like that, uh, watching out for your fried foods and what you eat together at the same time, you know, that's a huge, a huge bit. Sodas, you know, obviously, um, you know, big deal. Um and just realizing that yeah, it's gonna take some time to uh, it's gonna take some time to to make that change, but it's worth it. One of the nice things too is the level of health food now is such to where you can replace basically every single thing that you would take away. You can replace it with something much better uh, along the same lines, like. Um, you know, like there's vegan chocolate out there. And I never thought I'd be saying this, but like there's a brand called Lily's out there that is just phenomenal. It's better than anything Hershey's ever put out. You yeah, know, in, in my you mind. Cadbury's? Cadbury's, yeah. I, I would Cadbury's. say it's better than that. Yeah, really? I'd say it's better than that. Well, for well, here's why. Once yeah. you once you get in on something and you once you get away from all those heavy sugar and, and mm. cream and different things like that for so long, it just doesn't taste good anymore. Like I take a bite of like, I, I remember I took a bite of uh, like a regular slice of pizza, you know, from a like pizza Hut or Fellini's or something like that. And I just remember it just, it's just not tasting right. It was just too heavy. It was just 
so much sodium and like all those different things and it mm. just did not taste good anymore you know so like you take a bite of like regular chocolate like a hershey's or you know cadbury's or something like that it tastes like you're literally eating a mountain of sugar which basically yeah, you are, yeah. but um but you're much more aware of it you're yeah. like hyper aware of it at that point so that would be that would be the biggest thing for me nice I like that. That's, yeah, there's a, there's a book I'm listening to, um, audio book I'm listening to, which is uh, Cal Newport's um, Digital Minimalism, Digital Minimalism, and uh, one of the things that he gets some students to go through is is to get rid of social media for completely, and, and also um, it's uh, technology that you don't have to use, so choosable, um, choosable mm-hmm. applications like Netflix and things. Basically, people are being uh, be bored for. 30 days and and just really get away from everything and then um, once mm-hmm. they get back to it they're obviously hypersensitive and really aware of everything mm-hmm. that's going on they've their lives become or feel really really busy and because they've got mm-hmm. so much information and so many apps and things and um so they cut some stuff out and then they end up not going back to some apps and it's really interesting so i think um yeah. if you've got the discipline to I do stay, it I think 30 days for food yeah for me i stay you know as far as that goes you know i keep everything pretty much you know analog I right. mean, I've tried the to-do apps. I've tried all these different things. Paper and pencil in a little notebook has always worked the best for me, no matter where I've been, no matter how much work I have going on, uh, no matter what level of, of clients or whatever, that has always worked the best for me. Yeah. And it just makes it really easy. I can just open it up, read it, and then I'm done. So, you know. I do. What uh, works for me may not work for you, and vice versa. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. worked for me so for the last uh, for the last dozen years. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how um, how that would translate over to food, and if people could do, I don't know, say, yeah, like no chocolate, no, no, no bad food for thirty days, and see what their feelings were after that. That'd be a really interesting experiment. Um, but, it would. Yeah, it would. <laughs> um, yeah. So with, with social media and stuff, uh, with that. So you like you obviously got a lot of notebooks there. Do you have any uh, rare uh, field notes? Because you've got a lot of field notes. You've got a big collection. Just try and look around. Do I have any? Do I have any rare ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Designers get count on this, don't they? I do. I do have a few rare. Uh, I've got the old uh, packet of sunshine, which is one of the earliest ones I've had. Is it open uh, or have you not used it? Um, it's all open. Nice. It's all open. Nice. You're one but, of those. Uh, I like. That. I got. I got them. I got them a little bit here and a little bit there, like. I got one single here and one single there. And then I had a very special somebody send me the last one for Christmas. <laughs> nice. I'll not say who sent it. Otherwise, I'm off the list. Santa. Uh, but I was very, very <laughs> thankful for that one. Uh, I've got uh, what I've done over over the years is, you know, I collected them or I would get the, the newest ones. So what I've been doing is no matter how old or how rare they are, I'm at the point now where if I'm not going to use them, I will trade them to somebody for like, you know, three full packs of my favorite ones to use. You know what I mean? It's like, look, I'm going to have it. I'm just going to like have it sitting there. It's like, no, if I'm going to have these things, I'm going to use them. And I go through them very, very quickly. So um, I'll use up quite a bit of quite a bit of what I have in my collection over the next year. So you know, so yeah, I have some rare ones. Yes, I have a few that uh, you know 
maybe worth a good bit of money or whatnot, but they're more ones like more sentimental. There's like yeah. one that there's like one or two that I'm just gonna keep because they have a sentimental value to me. But any of the other like big stuff that I've gotten in, like um, I usually turn around and trade it. Um, that sounds for that's a good idea. A bunch had... of yeah, yeah, like a bunch of the ones that I uh, that I actually want to use. Yeah, I mean the only one I haven't, well, I won't ever use is the one that I've got framed and signed by Aaron. Um, somewhere around here. <laughs> um, yeah, I did <laughs> packing stuff up, but uh, yeah. So I think that's a really good idea. You see, like loads of designers obviously collect everything, and we're a very collectible type <laughs> designers. They oh yeah, I mean look at yeah, I mean look at this. I mean I've got got this, and I've got collections of stuff all through here and under here, and you know in you know nice. here, patches wow, cool and patch. all kind of stuff. So it's uh. I keep a I keep a pretty close eye on a lot of that stuff, but uh, but yeah. What uh, what's your favorite thing you've ever collected? Like if you've got a special collection of. <laughs> I would say. That's gonna take a minute. <laughs> um, I'll just pick out a few of my favorites. Um, I I love little decals and everything. So I've got, you know, got this little little box here you know just full of you know decals like like this and uh little like water decals to um little travel stickers which are awesome uh oops something stuck up there um you know old decals like this this used to be it's a Seattle, uh, it was at the, the steamers. There was a, a football league called the World Football League. It ran for two years and it was very like heavily influenced by like Atlanta or like America Bicentennial type of design. So, like, all the teams look like this. Actually, there's one more up here. The, the license plate I have up here, the Birmingham Americans, same league, but it, like all the designs look like that. You know? So, I'm constantly on the lookout for, for pieces like that. I'd have to say a couple of my favorites would be um, where are we at here? There's a bunch, but I'm just gonna pull out a couple of favorites. Um, the Epcot Center, the original, Ooh, like the year that nice. Ep the Epcot Center opened. Yeah. But also these these um, uh, these little badges for the different uh, sections. Of Epcot, so there's I think eight of these out there right now, and I'm trying to find the see these I have, these are the originals like the original cast member oh. like version, yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to I'm trying to get the rest of these. Um, I've come close a couple of times. Uh, there was one that I almost snagged and then realized that it was a fake or a reprint. I'm not looking for I don't want the reprint. Like, mm. I, I want the original ones, so I'm doing that. Those are probably some of my favorite uh, pieces I've ever created or ever uh, ever found. Um, and just amazing how uh, how incredible these pieces are and, and how they look, um, how much how much relevance they still have as far as, you know, timeless design even to today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I've, um, I've been looking at recently is milk bottle caps. And uh, especially in America, mm. the yeah. is amazing, in, especially in America where you've got really awesome. tons of different places and, and different manufacturers and all sorts. Uh, yeah. You got some there? 
I don't have any milk caps, but one thing that I've always loved collecting, I love buttons and, and different things like that yeah. for sure. But another thing that has always been a huge, uh, you know, did I mind this, our old, uh, our old keychains. Okay. Um, like old, uh, like saddle, like the saddle style uh, keychains. Y'all gonna have to watch if you're, if you're listening. Y'all gonna have to watch this on audio. This is some, you know, with the video. This is some really really cool stuff. Um, but things like, uh, you know, I love little things like this, like the whole "Do Not Operate." I think yeah. that is really cool. Um, but like Air Bahama. Why? Nice. I mean, right? Uh, Kindle, motor oil. Um, the, oh, this is a good one. Uh, United Missouri Bank. Nice. Just yeah. Beautiful. Really um, cool design. Yeah, like oh, church architecture. I thought was Ooh, just really awesome. Black and gold. You know, yeah. And then just a ton of, just a ton of other stuff. I mean, I could just, I could just pull bits and pieces out all over the place and then just, you know, the, the different type and. Yeah. And everything that goes with this is just, you know, it, it's absolutely amazing. You know, I look at everything from the old illustrations to, you know, like I found just these beautiful illustrations for cool. a, um, like, reader's corner. Like, and if you look at the, uh, if you look at the back, it's really, it's really awesome, you know, like this. But then you look at the inside. These little black and white illustrations like this. Nice. Just the way they use negative space. It's just it blows my mind how amazing that these things were and how much relevance they still have today. And you know, some folks pay attention, some folks don't, but you know, I remember, you know, here I am, I started teaching, you know, teaching mm -hmm. this year for the first time, you know, in the, at a at a design school. And there's a, you know, I, I'd go back and I'd show them all these books or, you know, show them where I learned from and, and whatnot. So many of the designers that I know just by heart, they had never heard of, you know, so many of the things that I was aware of, you know, and that comes with experience. But at the same time, you know, to me, it just seems like kind of commonplace to know about this stuff. Mm. But it was, it was a pretty incredible experience you know, being able to teach them and, and kind of show them, you know, maybe a different way than, you know, you know, what we're used to hearing these days. Um, but it was, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, well, we can go on to the teaching stuff if you like. Uh, so yeah. where are you teaching and how long have you been doing it? So I, tomorrow is the end of my first quarter. Um, I'm teaching at Miami Ad School, Miami School of, uh, or basically the Miami Ad Design School, or Miami School of Ad Design. Um, they're based obviously out of Miami, but I'm teaching at the Atlanta branch, which is actually Portfolio Center. So Miami Ad School Portfolio Center. I've known the folks at Portfolio Center for, oh my goodness, 13 years. I've known them for a long time. The first time that I ever got to give a, a design talk in my hometown, uh, they're the ones that actually let me do it. Um, same thing with a, um, what is it, my workshops and everything like that. They were the first ones to give me the opportunity. And then now the first time, first person to give me an opportunity to actually teach class. 
and it's been um, it's been amazing. The it's there was of course a little bumpy at the beginning. There's a difference between teaching a workshop for three hours and teaching a class for you know two and a half months. Uh, a huge difference, especially now we had to do it all virtual. I'm very much uh, a hands-on yeah. person, so it has been kind of a pain for me, especially the first couple of weeks. But we've got it down pat now, um, which I'm very happy about. But uh, it's uh, it's been a really good experience. You know, you're constantly having to to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it, and to be able to to translate it that into points to to teach your students. And I've got a good group of kids, so it's uh it's definitely been a, a fantastic experience they've asked me to come back nice. um so we'll see doing a good job <laughs> how um how old are your students um they're all early to mid 20s um okay. i have one who's uh slightly older than i am she's more photography uh but yeah i've got about a decade on all of them <laughs> Nice. Which, which is crazy. I mean, you're you're what you're what twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. you're twenty two. So I've got almost thirteen years on you, which is crazy. Um, and uh, you know, I'm definitely not into old man status territory by any uh, means whatsoever. Nice. But it is it is kind of funny. You know, I get these kids, you know, either interviewing me or like you know wanting to talk or like even hiring me to do stuff. You know, and they're 10 years younger than me. It's amazing. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy giving back however I can. And, uh, you know, just another way. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I think it's, it's such a good natural um, progress as well to, to be a designer and then teach on the side or, um, or, yeah, or creative and then teach on the side or, or you know, or uh, after your career or if you fancy just doing a bit of teaching or, yeah, I think it's a really nice natural progression. Um, to do a bit of teaching, giving back in that way, um, especially if you if you're doing it alongside, I think that's probably the best way to do it because then you've you're in the industry right now as well. But, um, but yeah, anyway, so what is there anything you've noticed in the students? Anything that uh, yeah, they're all doing that common common mistakes or um, any certain traits that they all have? Or I think the biggest thing that I've seen um, one is I think a lack of knowledge of the actual tools. Um, I understand that that's not the end all be all, that the concept is king and whatnot, but you have to be able to execute. Yeah. I think that um, the idea of concepting, I think that the, the general thought is to just start in on something and make something look cool without even thinking, you know, yes, this might look cool, but does it have anything to do with what I'm actually trying to accomplish or what the, the client is trying to accomplish? So I think there's, you know, sometimes the lack of ability to like step back and understand the bigger picture and to kind of take yourself out of it a little bit. And then, like I said, just not understanding the, you know, or not having the ability to actually execute it. Um, they have made massive, massive strides in the last 10 weeks. I mean, from the beginning to where they are right now, I can't even begin to tell you how much they've all improved. Um, I think that there's still some pushing and everything needs to be done, but they've done a fantastic, fantastic job since the beginning of the, uh, since the beginning of the quarter. But those are the two biggest things that I really, um, you know, that I really pay attention to the details and, and different things like that of the logos and of the symbols and everything that we've been working on. Uh, that'll come with time. 
but just an oh, and then but that's that's really the third thing is just an overall attention to detail. Um, those are the three biggest issues that I've seen, and that's not just with this class, just in general. So, um, you know, I think uh, they've got their final reviews and everything tomorrow, and uh, I think uh, I think they're going to do good. That's great. Yeah, there's uh, some good points. I think. Uh, also, you mentioned before um, when you're going through the the books and things about not knowing um, design history as much as, as probably should do. I think I'm 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 like surprised quite a lot, and probably I don't know anything about design history, but I think it, I'm surprised by the amount of people who don't know who you know, Paul Rand is, or I've never heard of Lance Wyman or, or something like that. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, it would help I think, your career. I like. think, yeah, I mean it could. I mean that's Lance Wyman is probably my favorite designer of all time. Um, I would easily say that he is. Yeah, uh, he's had a massive influence on on my career, on the way I go about doing different things. But it's less about like there's so many designers. Like I see this work, like I, I understand the logo. I may not know exactly who did it. I think it's less the fact that they can't recite the names, you know, of all these designers. I can't do that. It's more about but, the work, right? Yeah. It's more about the work and more about the actual, you know, going and researching and learning and trying and, and studying and, and dissecting all these different things, you know, from all these different eras. Um, it's it's amazing looking at some of these pieces. I mean, I remember finding uh, there was this book of uh, it's like the treasury of like German trademarks it's from yeah. 1900 to 1950. I mean, these are some of the most incredible logos and designs that i've ever seen in my life i couldn't you, tell you, you you've any been of these chris people. logston haven't you <laughs> <laughs> i've known chris i've known chris for a few years now um i actually i actually found this book um chris had never heard of it and neither had christoph had logo books yeah. they had never heard of these books before and it's kind of funny because i actually went out and bought both of the books before I told them about it because I didn't want anybody to like snatch it up or, you know, or something like that. So maybe a little, a little bit of that on my (laughs) part, but you know, just incredible piece. Like I'm looking through this, I'm looking through some of the stuff right now Mm. and it is just, it's amazing. Some of the, uh, the work that's been done, uh, the level of attention to detail yeah, yeah. with just the smallest just the smallest detail if you think about how those logos were made most of those before computers they were drawn yeah, massive weren't they yeah. they were drawn meters wide so they can be put on buildings I mean, I mean look at that I mean that's yeah. the centerfold of this thing and it is just it is unbelievable some of these you know with some of these things you know I grew up you know, yeah, I had the computer and everything, but I always sketched everything out. You know, if it doesn't look right in the sketchbook, no amount of finagling an illustrator is going to make it right. That's a great so, lesson. Yeah. So you can put something in Illustrator and make it look finished before it's actually done. You can make it look beautiful and, and nice and clean and sharp and everything, but there's nothing to it. So it's got to look good. It's got to look good in here, I think. And when I say look good, you know, you look at it and say, hey, there's some, there's something happening here that I really like, I really enjoy. And, you know, you can take that and go from there. You're not showing 
sometimes you're showing sketches to clients, sometimes you are. But if I can pull something up like this and say, hey, I know exactly how these are going to look and, and then go from there. Yeah. So, you know, inspiration can come from, from these books. It can come from, from life. It can come from things that you've seen, things that you've heard, things that you've eaten. I mean, experiences that you've had in your childhood or growing up from wherever you're from, from your culture. Uh, I mean, they can come from, from all over the place. I've learned lessons, more lessons about design from my dad's machine shop, which has nothing to do with design at all. But half of, I'd say more than half of my, you know, my process came from that. Yeah. You know, well, it had nothing to do with design. But also the amazing logos you're probably surrounded by in that place as well. <laughs> machine shops, are, <laughs> yeah, they, they have the boxes and um, toolboxes and all sorts of places, things like that. And they have the screw boxes and the packaging and, mm-hmm. yeah, from, from back I mean, in I've the got, day. You know, I've got stuff like, you know, it's box of like it's like wood screws or something like that. But I mean, look at that. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm talking about. Like you go to your granddad's house, you go, <laughs> you find a load of old boxes, and you, there you got some inspiration. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, you, you never know where this, you know, where it's going to come from. I mean, like uh, they have these. Uh, what is it? The what is it? The you know, it's like a bottling convention, you know, for, uh, you know, for beverages like Interbev or something like that. This is back in 19, they had these commemorative bottles made up. It's from 1988 and it was here in Atlanta. And look at that, like the illustration on the side, just this beautiful yeah, colors, lovely. you know, and then even to the top of the, like the cap. That's peach. You know, <laughs> just these beautiful, beautiful little things. Yeah, and that is a really nice design. You never know. You know, and then I and you figure, you know, hey, yes, they're designing this bottle, but they're also designing, you know, something that's an inch big, you know, a little over an inch big, mm-hmm. you know. And then I get to turn around. I think actually, the year that you were there, I did the uh, the inch by inch designs for Creative South that year. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So now I got to design something that's right on the side, and where I get a lot of that inspiration from is I'm looking at these old bottle caps, or I'm looking at you know these small pieces. And thinking, you know, I have to make this thing work in an inch. I mean, the name of the company is Inch by Inch. By the way, if you haven't checked them out, inchbyinch.org, Bob Ewing and uh, Bob and Drew are just incredible people. They've done some amazing work. Uh, it's an incredible, um, you know, charitable organization and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so go check them out, support them if you can. Um, but great, great people. They're very, very proud to be a, uh, very proud to be a part of the Inch by Inch family. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's an incredible place for for inspiration. If you had, I wonder how much how much would it be worth if you had all of the inch badges over the years. Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, it, 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 it would be something else. It would be something else. Yeah. I know I have quite a few. I know I have quite a few, but um, there's also quite a few that I don't have. Uh, but it's yeah. been, uh, yeah, they're great. People. You're right. Great, yeah, great, you, great people. You're right. They do, they do incredible work as well. Um, you know, raising funds for education for, for children and creative education mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, yeah, it is incredible. I don't think they get enough publicity over here in the UK. So I'll, maybe I should get them back on the podcast. I tried with Bob um, in the earlier days, but I get get him back on the on the show. Um, yeah, 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 amazing. But this is this is the thing, though, isn't it? Looking back at old design designers and history, and, and picking out 
how someone did it by hand will help your design process. It will help mm-hmm. um, open your mind up a bit more. And this is why I like traveling so much as well, go around to different places and just seeing different mm-hmm. things and seeing things that aren't on the internet and looking at old books from, from the 60s. And yeah, it, it's so, I think it is really important to, to, to open your mind yeah. up and be taught by this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and, and it's worked a lot. You know, I mean, a lot of the designs, a lot of the projects that I've been able to do, especially in the last few years, have taken. You know, those you know those books have played a major part in not not just looking at it and saying, "Oh, I'll make something that looks like this," but looking at the little moves and the different things that they make, especially in the negative space. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learn more from what they don't put in there than what is actually there, um, and that's helped a lot in a lot of the projects that I've worked on. In the last little bit of stuff, the Braves, uh, Bankhead Seafood, you know, working with Killer Mike and TI now, um, it's been it's been absolutely insane. Yeah, well, that's a that's a cool story, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, it really is. Let's Let's chat about it. Go into it. So it was Let's the do bank, it. Bankhead Seafood. I looked at the end of their Instagram. Their food looks amazing. <laughs> oh, it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. Now I did I did get up give up one cheat day to try that stuff for the first time, and it was unreal. Um, so quick backstory. Um, I met Killer Mike, um, who's one half of Run the Jewels. Um, I met Killer Mike back in 2018. He and I started working together in 2019, and I did some stuff for his barber shop and some different things like that. We got to know each other pretty well. Our first meeting was right in the middle of the varsity in downtown Atlanta, just this massive fast food place. And uh, that was that was pretty incredible. But I got a call in November, no, October. In October of 2019, I got a call. And they, Mike called me up and said, hey, we have this restaurant called Bankhead Seafood and we want you to redo all the work. We're going to do an identity. We're going to do a food truck. Eventually, we're going to do a full restaurant, which is the next project. And I'm going to start working on the actual brick and mortar restaurant with them as well. So, um, oh my goodness. Uh, he asked me to do it. Now, a quick history. Bankhead Seafood has been around since 1968. It was run, started by a lady, a wonderful lady named Miss Helen Harden. And she ran it basically by herself for 50 years. It's a staple in the west side of Atlanta. It is legendary. Uh, Mike, T.I., I mean, they all grew up there. So everybody knew that place. I mean, that that thing has made it into songs. I mean, everyone knew that place. And in 2000, end of 2018, she decided to just shut it down. She was She's almost 90 now. I mean, she was in her late 80s and still running that place. Now, you might think, and you might think, you know, hear that age or something and think, ooh, that's pretty rough. I met her for the first time at the beginning of this year. She could have gone for another 20 years. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. That's incredibly strong, (laughs) an incredibly strong, very passionate, uh, very funny woman, a very strong, very strong lady. If she wants to talk to you and she grabs your elbow, you're not going anywhere until she's done. (laughs) I found that out very fast. But they uh, they serve you know obviously fried fish hush puppies and very much soul food and everything like that very simple food but uh, very community oriented incredible place well she shut it down at the end of 2018 while well, Mike and uh, uh, what is it uh, Ti bought the building that it was in and then he and Mike teamed up and bought the company and brought it back 
and they asked me to do all the identity work, all the designs for the food truck, all the merch. If it's designed, if it's been designed, if it's out in the world for Ben Kitsy Food, I was the one who did it. And that has been incredible. Now I've been working this brand for just shy of a year and we're not even close to scratching the surface of what this is going to be. Um, that's what blows my mind. Uh, but it's an incredible team. Everyone from, from Mike and Shay and, and Tiff and his team to, uh, to Grand Hustle, uh, you know, the agency that we work through, uh, to, to Chaka and, and everybody else who runs the truck, cooks the, you know, cooks the food, um, to, you know, to Brandon who works in the merch, to, you know, to, to Crystal who helps with, you know, all of the social media and everything like that. I mean, it's just an incredible team. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. That's great. That sounds like it's, it. I mean, it looks amazing as well. I mean, obviously it's the food and obviously the branding. But uh, yeah, that's that's cool. I just had a thought. You you would get along really well with. Uh, well, I think you would um, get along really well with basically the English version of you. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy called Chris Bliss, and he's got a really thick red beard like you. And he and he's um, look him up on Instagram. He's uh, called. Um, uh, Shit, Father Blissmas. Yeah, Father Blissmas on Instagram. He's a really amazing okay. illustrator. Um, and he's got a really cool around the jewel story as well. So, yeah, you can send him a message. But, but yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know why I said that. But, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, but yeah. It's good to know there's another version of me somewhere around the world. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Double ganger. Uh, I don't know, does he wear glasses? I think he might. Yeah, I think he wears glasses as well. Got to love it. It's amazing. But, that is um, that designer's look, though, isn't it? A beard, glasses, and a hat. It's good. Hey, whatever works, man. I've been wearing glasses since third grade. I've had I've worn glasses so now for over twenty-five years. I think so, everyone gets there. I think we all get there in the yeah. end. We all get there at some point. <laughs> some folks are just blessed with twenty-twenty vision, and they're going to keep it for the rest of their natural life. You know. So congrats to y'all. You know, you'll never know, and that's probably a good thing. But, some people uh, look better with glasses on, don't they? Some people look. I look better sexy. with glasses on. Yeah, I really do look better with glasses on. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But you know, nobody can imagine me without glasses anymore. So, you know, maybe I've just. Uh, yeah, I've come too far. I can't mm-hmm. go back now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, with the bank of seafood and the projects you do around Atlanta, how did you get Atlanta into the design work? How do you, how do you pull from the city and how do you um, yeah, bring, bring yourself into your work? I think that you, I, I love where I'm from. I think that there should be no wish, no, no, no one should be ashamed of where they're from, you know, for, for how they grew up. Uh, I just don't believe that. You know, yeah. and it took me a while to really realize that. And when I did, you know, I love people that work hard. I love seeing these incredible ideas. I love the passion and the drive behind and the ingenuity behind all these. And I've worked for every type of company under the sun, you know, had them as clients. And you know, now people started saying like, oh, you're, you're an Atlanta designer now, which is, you know, which is right up there with probably the nicest thing that anybody's ever said to me. And I don't know, there's something about the city. There's a diversity there, which is amazing. Mm. There is a 
there is a, a mentality there, which I've always loved. And there's this amazing little downtown, not little, <laughs> big downtown there in Atlanta that you just go there and you can't help but be inspired. I mean, you see these big buildings and that's fine, but you'll also see like, you know, you know, on the corner diner. And it's literally on the corner of, of Ted Turner and Marietta Street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's place there for like maybe five people to sit, but it's got some of the best food in the city. And it's been there for decades, you know, and there's that mixed with all the, you know, new age and where, you know, whatever stuff. And I love that mix of old and new because that's how I see a lot of my work as well. So to get to know the people to, um, you know, to kind of come to where they are um, has always been a hallmark of what I do. And it's a very Atlanta thing as well. Just something that I've found, you know, I love meeting in person. I love, um, you know, I can do more sitting down and talking to somebody for five minutes than I can in a week's worth of emails. Yeah. And, that's true. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's something else. Uh, I love the city. Um, I was very, very lucky to have a studio right in the middle of downtown for about three and a half years. So I got to know a lot of the people there. I got to kind of carve out my own piece of, uh, of Atlanta, which is still there now, which is, which is kind of cool. But I, uh, that's one of the things, you know, the studio temporary, good design wherever I happen to be. I'm here, I'm there, I'm, I'm all over the place now. So, uh, you know, I'll just keep at it. What, what's the end goal of you? What would you, do you want to be a Lance Wyman figure? Do you want to be known going down design history? I can't, I can't think about that. You know, right. I, I love what I do. I, I want to keep doing it. I want to keep doing it at a high level. I want to get better. I want to know more. I want to, I want to, I want to teach if I can. I want to, you know, would I love to have a book one day or like a show in like something? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I think know? a book's definitely going to happen. <laughs> one day you, you, you have to. <laughs> I think it is. Um, yeah. I, there was talk of me uh, doing one just like, no, not a bunch of words, more like a picture just kind of a thing of just a bunch of my work. Um, I'm still tossing that around. I've had a little bit more time to think about it uh, over the last six months. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see um, if somebody wants to do do something like that and cool. Um, but I never got into this saying you know i want to be this type of person or that type of person you know i was the first person on my side of the family to graduate from college mm-hmm. you know i was you know my dad owned his own company i own my yeah. own company you know uh you know my sisters are teachers and the brother the same thing you know and i love that they get to do that i'm like the you know i'm the outlier you know running a design studio you know nobody in my family has ever done anything like that so I want to be able to keep doing this. You know, I'd love to have my son join me one day. You know, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But I want to continue learning, you know, traveling. I want to be able to share this with my family, be able to share my experiences with people, and that's cool. But I never I never look at the end goal as I want to be famous or I want mm-hmm. to, you know, be in museums or be known and like you know be taught about in school you know i have never i've never looked at my work like that and i never want to um 
I never want to get to the point where, you know, I feel like, hey, I made it. Because at that yeah. point, I'll never grow any further. I'll have plateaued, and I don't want to plateau. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But uh, so I'm open for it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I'm not open to doing something like that, but I'm not doing all this as a means to get to that point. That will come, if it comes, it will come because of the work that I put in and somebody deciding there's a story here, there's something that people might like to read here, or something people might like to hear about here. And if that day ever comes, then it comes. If it doesn't, then I'm going to have a heck of a life. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's. I wonder as well because if if you are design famous, right? If you are a Lance Wyman or or you know Draplin or let's not use Draplin like Lance Wyman or a um, Gazmo Shemaev um, type figure, like someone that's really done it and yeah, some of them passed away. Um, but uh, and, and you look your own design history, not the Draplins as well, but you know. Um, He's not quite that. He's not quite ninety yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I look at I look at somebody like Shemesh and Guys. I mean, they literally yeah. transformed corporate identity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. True. Just incredible. You look at somebody like Lyman. He like Lance Wyman. He's been called the father of modern wayfinding. Incredible. He was trained as an industrial designer, and you can mm. still see that in his work even to this day. You know. And the, the the type of stuff he gets to do, and the but the level of detail, the level, the, the amount of detail that he can put in so little is still is something that I'll always aspire to. And you know, so they've changed the industry. They have they have really done that. You know, then you look at somebody like um, like Eddie Opara, who's a uh, um, he's a partner at at, uh, at Pentagram. You know, he was you know the first African American uh, partner in Pentagram's history. Um, his work, his work of motion and interactive and everything is mind blowing. You know, I feel like he you know he would be so deserving of something like that. You know, yeah. I I want to read that. I want to hear that. You know, I want to know you know what it took to get to that point. You know. I want to just constantly be learning, you know, and finding out about all these incredible people, you know, who have legitimately changed the industry, you know, mm. and have made a massive impact. So, you know, there's a lot out there to, there's a lot out there to, to kind of take in, you know, but don't be afraid to give back as well. You know, whether it's helping a kind word to somebody, an email, a text, a call, um, looking out for a friend, supporting a buddy's shop, you know, uh, just a kind word in the right spot. You know, you never know when your call could change somebody's day or uh, you snagging something off their site could change their, you know, could change their life. Or, you know, you saying something nice to the right person, whether you know it or not, mm -hmm. could you know, completely change their entire career path. You never true. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, true. you know, would that be fun for me? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it would be fun, but it's not anything that I'm looking at or aspiring to. 
if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'll still have had an awesome life. I think also the, the point I was going to make is like, if you're, so if you are that level, if you do become that level, it means and you may not be doing it to be famous, but it means you've done something good. I think, I think that's a good thing to aspire to do. Like if you, if you've done yeah. something good, if you are that level, then you probably have done something good. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, no, yes. Obviously the yeah. fame isn't the thing, but doing the good things, doing the good design for thousands. There's of a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of incredible designers who have done some really amazing, great things that may never, ever be, you know, put up on that pedestal, True. but the people that they've done stuff for the people that they've helped out, they'll never forget that. Mm. You know, I think, um, if you've ever heard one of my talks, one of the things that I mentioned quite a bit is this idea that your name means more. Your name is the most important thing that you have. People will forget my work. People will forget your work. Your work will turn to dust at some point, you know, whether it's this century or next century or whatever. But people will remember you as a person. They'll remember their interactions with you. They'll remember, you know, hey, I remember that time I went up to talk to that guy and he was a jerk. You know, or I remember I went up and, you know, talked to this person and they said some things that really made me consider this or that, or they were just super nice to me. You know, uh, your name, what is it, your work will get you in the door, will get your foot in the door. Your name and your character is what will keep you there. And I've, I've, I've tried to live that my entire life, you know, whether I don't, you know, where you're from, what you look like, whatever, you know, your name, your name, you know, your, your character, who you are as a person, as a human being is gonna, that's going to stick with you. Mm. So pay attention to that, you know, work on that. And, you know, this, what you can do is, quite literally limitless well i'll I'll reinforce that and and something we've mentioned on the podcast before about your reputation it's it's important especially even well not especially but even to young designers um it's Mm -hmm. it's important to everyone so so even on social media right when you're posting random stuff on social media and you're getting jobs looking for a job people mm -hmm. look at that (laughs) they do i mean and, and here's the thing like you know if you have an issue with somebody Go talk to that person in private. Shoot them an email, call them, do something like that. Why are you blasting them? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it makes you look, I, I can't even tell you how, how it makes you look. Mm. You know, there are times when it's like, okay, so I need some help. That's one thing. But you always start by talking to the person in private, you know, behind the scenes, you know, and, and just saying, hey, look, let's talk about this. You know, there needs to be something. I had, I've had people steal my work and present it. Um, they actually, some one guy actually presented my work as his own two out of the three logos that he presented were, were mine. It just so happens they presented it to a client uh, of an agency whose owner I'm very good friends with. She's a very nice lady. And one of my good, one of my good buddies from here in Atlanta was on the board of that company. Wow. Wrong company. So I got a call. (laughs) So I got a, I know, I know a lot. I know a lot of people 
and you find the design in and of itself is a very, very small industry. There's a lot of people that know a lot of people. Um, I've been, I've been blessed to, to know some amazing people who have also introduced me to other equally amazing people. And, you know, you never know, you know, who's paying attention. Cause I got two calls that night, one from my buddy who's on the board. And it's like, do you know this cat? And he showed me when I'm like, Oh shoot. And then I started thinking, great. He was hired by this lady. So that means she's going to, you know, now it's going to be trouble for her yeah. having to walk this stuff back. And then I get a call from the agency owner who's just in tears. I'm so sorry. And this, I'm like, I already knew, you know, I know this wasn't you, you know, I know who did it, you know, and, but I never mentioned it to him, you know, mm. I, ne- I never said a word because he's going to, you know, he had to deal with that, with the, you know, throughout the agency and everything like that, you know, so I'm not going to come down on him or, or do anything like that. I mean, he's got to, you know, they've got to learn, but yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just beat somebody down because I can, because I have, because I have the perceived moral high ground does not give me the right to go and just beat somebody down. It just doesn't. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting one as well. I mean, this, that that specific situation might be a bit different, but, but what happens when people do see your work? Cause you see, you know, designers, the work being sold all the time. So how do do you deal with that? How do you, what's the best way of dealing with it? I mean, you reach out to them. If you you reach out to them, uh, if you, you know, if you can get in touch with them, you you do that. Um, There are cease and desists that you can definitely send that have that power. Um, I've had to do that in the past. Um, And generally it's worked out pretty quick. You know, a lot of folks just don't want that or they hired somebody who just didn't know. Um, There was a group of like six of us about four years, four or five years ago it all had our work ripped off by the same company <laughs> and uh it was it was something else yeah. uh, like we just got that all resolved like a couple of years ago so it took us a, it took us quite a while but it was it was something else mm. but um you know you go and do and you know whether your reputation you know whether it's dealing with those particular things uh, I'll, I'll give you one more example. Yeah, um, yeah. I somebody wrote in and tried to get me kicked off of a, a roster at a conference, and lies upon lies upon lies, like stuff I've never even heard before. Um, no clue who this person is. I, they actually uh, believe used the wrong name. No, they, they try to reach out, nothing. So I get a call from the, one of the co-founders of the conference. And she said, you know, hey, uh, we got this email. And she read it to me. Now, you've, we've known each other for, what, about four years or so? Yeah. Have you, and you've met me in person. Yeah. We spent, we spent some, some time together doing a bunch of talking and everything. Have you ever known me to be speechless? No, you talk quite a bit, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I was beyond speechless. Yeah. I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't say a word. I'm sitting yeah, there. Yeah. This is insane. And in today's world, 
you know, yeah. it's it's not innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent. So I'm sitting there thinking, great, I'm going to have to, you know, what's going to happen? So this is goes back to the whole name versus your work. Mm. I have done some, I have done some very, uh, I've done some cool work over the last dozen years. I've done a lot of fun work. I've done some very good work. And when I got to that point, that meant absolutely nothing because when I talked to her, I said, look, you can call clients. You can call friends. You can call anyone in the industry, pick a name out of a hat and they'll say the same thing, you know, that this is all a lie. Her next words will always stick with me. She said, I already have. And they all said the same thing. So she's like, you're not going anywhere. We've got your back. My work meant nothing at that time, but my, my testimony meant everything. So it's nice. People have your back without you even realizing it. Um, But your name does mean it it is that important, you know, protect it and, you know, let it be remembered for something. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, I meant I meant that in the best, nice, nicest way possible. Um, that you talk a lot, because I do as well. Um, but uh, oh yeah, one, man, no worries, <laughs> no worries at all. The other, the other person that gets uh, that works on a lot is Nick Slater and uh, like oh. that Apple, that uh, New York Apple logo, uh, New York big, you know, the big Apple illustration. It's incredible. You look at that. It gets stolen by everyone. At- Von Glitschka has his work yeah. stolen like every other day, it seems like. I mean, he, I think he even did a, like a, a Skillshare class or like a, a Lynda.com. I guess it's like LinkedIn now, but, yeah. you know, a whole class about basically how to, you know, protect your work and, you know, how to, to deal with, with having your work stolen. I mean, I hate that you have to have a class about that. You yeah, know? absolutely. But it happens and you deal with it as it comes. I guess it's like everything. Everything can get stolen. Everything does get stolen. And it's a shame. And I'm sure there's like people in the gold industry that are having this conversation right now. Like why, why do people steal our gold? Why can't we just get on with our own gold? <laughs> or even like uh, oh, yeah. random stuff, I don't know, like rubber <laughs> or plastic or pens or yeah, I'm looking around. But yeah, it's a shame. It's such, shame. Is, it's a, such is life. There's a bad side of the design world and the creative world, but uh, yeah, exactly. No, I such choose life. to, you know, I, I choose to see the good as much yeah, as I exactly. can. You know, I will have conversations if I need to, but you know, I'd much rather put stuff out there. You know, if I'm going to call attention to something, then yeah, I'm going to call attention to something. But you know, I got an opportunity to do some design work for the National Bar Association, uh, which is the um, which is like, you know, is, you know, what is it? Largest, um, you know, you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's basically the, uh, an African-American, like the bar association is huge here in, um, you know, here in the U S I got a chance to do a shirt for them after, um, after everything that happened this year. And, you know, I had an opportunity to do a couple of different ones and I picked the one that was the most uplifting and, you know, that's what I want to try to do. You know, I want to, I want to bring another side to this. Mm. You know, I'm not saying that 
what happened wasn't horrible. I'm not saying that at all, but there is a way to approach it. And I want to do everything I can to, you know, to go from that side. So just to be given that opportunity was, was phenomenal. Um, but I'm really happy that they let me go with the, with the, let me pick that one. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, this, this is the thing is, um, uh, you know, you present the work you want to, you want to get picked as well. Cause a lot of young designers, you know, present the three, three logos and then, uh, two of them they don't even like, and then, and then they, yeah, like, and then oh, they wonder, the how did this get picked? <laughs> well, you put it in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I think that was one of the yeah. first lessons we talked about. I think I think that might have been one of the first things you told me. It might have been you or some someone else, but yeah, on one of the podcasts we've done, someone someone said that if if you don't like the work, don't put it in the in the, <laughs> the proposal. Um, yeah. The one last thing I want to chat with you about quickly is uh, how do you display display work online? Because your website is amazing, and your your obviously the work the work being good helps, but the, the layout of your website is, is like top and it's. It's, it's great the way you display it and you can easily navigate to other projects and it's nice and colorful and all sorts. Definitely colorful. Um, yeah. But I got, I had my first website. That website's not even a year old. I got it up in uh, end of October of 2019, uh, my first website. And it's, it's great. I actually, I designed the site myself now, when I say I designed it, I put it in Illustrator in yeah. the right, you know, in the web, you know, in the web sizes and everything like that. I figured out the functionality. I figured out what I wanted to do. Now, this is all the functionality just written down on paper. I have no clue how to put it in WordPress. I have no clue how to design any of that type of stuff. And I worked with a great friend of mine, my buddy Colin Smith from Terminus Agency out in, uh, out in, uh, out in California. And he did this masterpiece and it looks fantastic. Um, that's my first site. Now, as far as putting my work online, Instagram has been the biggest thing for me. I probably get more work from Instagram than I have anywhere else. Um, I talk about, I put stuff up there just for fun. I put stuff up there, obviously for clients and different things, my own things, my own personal things from time to time. Uh, but that's, that's how I really do it. As far as like a rhyme or reason to it, I don't really have one if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but I'm very, I'm very careful about what I put up, you know, because I obviously I want it to look well, I want it to look, you know, look right. But, you know, for the most part, I do something fun. I do something I like. I do something for some incredible clients is going up, you know, it's going up. I try to keep my website as kind of like the greatest hits. And then, um, you know, my Instagram's kind of like my, uh, like my stream of consciousness kind of yeah, thing. I've yeah. got, I've got probably a half a dozen projects right now that are done that I still can't say a word about until later this year. Um, and I'm really at some, even into the first quarter of next year, but I'm very excited. I can't wait to, I can't wait to show the work off, not just show it off, but just say, Hey, you know, I got a chance to work together with these incredible people and this is what we did together and they're going to do some amazing stuff. And I hope you can be a part of it. Love it. Yeah, that's cool. So, so what is it that makes your website look so good then? Is it, is it the work? It must be the work because it, and the color. I, I guess. I mean, uh, I mean, how, how do you answer, oh, yeah, <laughs> how I, do I you answer that? Because it sounds like I'm really, you know? I'm really sucking up to you now. And I am, but like, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it is just like, 
the layout and, and the and the amazing work that makes it. Yeah. Anyway, that was good. That's a nice compliment to end. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. So, so where, where can people check out your website if they haven't found you? Maybe they're okay. British listener and they uh, don't know if you work. Go to thestudiotemporary.com. Uh, from there, you can check out my work. Uh, also, from there, you can get to my Instagram, uh, my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel now, which is oh. fun. I've got a few. I got a few things up there. Uh, more to come. Uh, you can uh, check out my online store. I have typefaces. I have posters and T-shirts and stuff. Um, I'm going to be bringing in some new stuff this fall, which I'm currently working on. I'm very excited to show. Um, and then. You can also, if you go to the about page, there's a, you know, contact page, contact me about work. Uh, I also, uh, I also give workshops, uh, whether for individual chapters like AIGA chapters, I've worked with agencies, businesses, giving workshops, uh, also talks as well, comp design conferences, schools, also agencies. Um, and I still travel. You know, obviously, travel's a little up in the air right now, but uh, mm. I still travel. I still do it virtually as well uh, during this time. So if you have any questions about that, just reach out to me. Um, I can guarantee you that if you call or email or whatever, I will be the one on the other end since it is just a one-man shop. So if you hear back from anybody from the studio temporary, you're hearing back from me personally, uh, which I take great pride in. But um, that's how you can find me. And uh, if you're on Instagram, you want to jump on, say, hey, you know, shoot me a direct message. You know, I'm, all, I'm pretty active on there, so do that. And if you have any other questions, you know, shoot me a call, shoot me an email, whatever. And, you know, last but not least, if you haven't, uh, please subscribe to Creative Waffle. Um, if you're listening to this from a link or something like that, you know, there's some great content on here as well. So please uh please 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 give them a subscribe on your podcast uh uh streaming service of choice and uh man as always uh it's been a blast um i hate i hate we weren't able to have everybody on here today you know please give my regards to them and let them know i missed them and uh, we'll have to do yeah. a shorter version of this one of these days just to get everybody in here but uh always a pleasure talking to you um i've seen i've seen a lot of, of growth from you in the last four years i'm beyond impressed uh from what you've been able to accomplish so keep going you know i think you're going to be just fine right yeah i really appreciate that thank you thank you yeah awesome what an outro <laughs> the trilogy is complete right. <laughs> <laughs> it can only go down from here so we'll still we'll just stop it right here Done. What a podcast. Uh. Uh.